Triple M. Rush Hour. Tonight it's Ray Warren and Tony Squires as Michael Phelps continues to rewrite the Olympic record books, taking gold medals 20 and 21. Bronze, bronze, bronze for Australia in the pool and equestrian, plus all the latest from the NRL as Jared Hayne fits into the number six jersey and Rabs previews Thursday night footy. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Hello, buddy. Hope your Wednesday night is treating you well. What a time it is to be alive, just sitting on a couch making a giant Tony Squires-shaped hole on my couch, watching football, sport, everything. I've got the Olympics going. I've got the rugby league going. I've got the, potentially the cricket going, if Australia can only bat against spin. Uh, Ray Warren, hello and welcome, my friend. Hey, Squizzy, I'm tired just listening to you. <laughs> yes, I have that effect on most people. It's terrible. You do leave a fair, you do leave a fair indentation, though, on that lounge of yours. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. A little bit Homer Simpson-like. Hey, tell me, how did you go last night? Did you, uh, were you successful in filling out the census form or not? Uh, I wasn't required. You weren't um, required? Yeah, no appearance, Your Worship. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife, uh, she got through it beautifully. Really? The day before. I... I said to her, what are you doing a day before? She said, apparently it's okay. So she went through on the day before and we're okay. And she did absolutely well. I mean, the question about where will your husband Mm. stay tonight, that had her baffled for a little while. (laughs) And then the next question was, how many hours did he work last week? And it was two. But, gee, you put a lot into those two hours, Rebs. No, I did. I, I sat here, I recorded an hour for you, yeah. and then I did an hour with you, and I worked it out. That was the sum total of what I did. <laughs> gee, and that put the entire census internet into meltdown, and I love it. I, look, she did the preemptive the day before, which was very, very clever woman, your wife. We've got so much to yeah. get to. Uh, Michael Phelps, just extraordinary in the pool today, as he has been over, what, five Olympics now. When I get there next, we are going to chat with Mel McLaughlin as well and talk plenty of footy. It's the Rush Hour. You're listening to Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. It's the Rush Hour on Triple M. Don't know where you were this morning when you saw history being made. If you did see it, uh, Michael Phelps, the 200-metre butterfly, the final. He won his 20th gold medal. Backed it up just uh, half an hour later, winning his 21st as part of the US 4x200-metre freestyle relay. Ray Warren, you've done a lot of calling of uh, in the pool. He is quite some special athlete, isn't he? I, I think he's the the best I've ever seen, Tony. He's certainly the best all-round swimmer I've ever seen. Uh, you know, you've got to check yourself before you say things like that. Yeah. Um, Thorpe uh, dominated uh, Phelps and everybody else, you know, from 200 through to 800. Um, that was at freestyle, though. Uh, this fellow swims every stroke. The, the amazing part about him, when they threw him in the pool at seven years of age, his, his sister was... Um, online to be a very good swimmer and he didn't like putting his head under the water so they let him float around on his back and of course he learnt to backstroke before he learnt to freestyle is that right Um, but at the end of the day at the end of the day it's the backstroke that he he doesn't pursue or he hasn't pursued but he's easily the greatest swimmer i've ever seen all-round swimmer i always try to insert that it was just great to see him, even though obviously uh, we all get jingoistic and we love to see the green and gold, we love to see the Australian flag yeah. on that as that podium, uh, but 
it was just amazing to see that. Any time we see history in sport, and just to see the emotion that he had after winning that 20th gold medal, it was obviously something he's been striving for. He's gone through some mixed time, hasn't he, since the last Olympics. Yep. He had the, the drink driving charge. He's had a whole range of things. He missed out on the world uh, titles because of those. Uh, he's come back. Uh, there's been plenty of swimmers who've tried to come back, notably some Aussie ones. But to do that, get to uh, Rio and do what he's just done is quite remarkable. It is, and it's interesting to hear you say what you did. You know, it's easy to become jingoistic. Yeah. But I found myself, this is after our great, our great period, I found myself watching Phelps, particularly in London, because I've only done one Olympics, but I found myself watching Phelps and thinking to myself, I love this sport hmm. because I was able to sit back and enjoy uh, a fellow swimming for the USA but I knew I was watching something freakish. I was watching legend in his own lifetime. Um, and, and that's when you know, that's when you know you love a sport. You're sitting there just absolutely delighting in what somebody from a foreign country is doing. I mean, I, I, can't, be any, I can't be any more praiseworthy of Michael Phelps than to say what I've already said. He's, uh... but there's a couple of things, a couple of things, Tony, that probably have left people's memory... At, at 15, he became the youngest American male swimmer to compete at an Olympics in 68 years. That was in Sydney. Yeah. He finished fifth in the butterfly. And by the time he was 15 years and nine months old, he was the youngest male swimmer to set a world swimming record, and that was the 200 fly. That's extraordinary. It, it, this, yeah. this, um, he, he did, not only did the in the butterfly. Uh, he's thirty-one, I think. Rabs is where he's at at the moment. Apparently, right. one of his uh, in the relay team, one of other blokes, when he got out of the pool, he said, "I'm too old for this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's got a gold medal uh, nonetheless. Uh, as we say, absolutely extraordinary effort from Michael Phelps. Just having a look, quick look uh, with your Rabs about what else happened in the pool. So that's a pretty fast pool. Uh, lots of uh, gold, lots of world records. One of those pools where you put the lilo in, it just goes down from one end to the other by itself. Uh, Emma McKeon, who, <laughs> who picked up the gold in the relay uh, on the first day of swimming competition, then was very disappointed with her first individual effort. She stood next to Kayla Ledecky and Sarah uh, uh, Sorstrom, two huge names in the sport with the bronze medal and the 200 metre. That was a great effort, wasn't it? Well, it certainly was because she was able to hold off a girl called Pellegrini, who from memory is an Olympic gold medalist, certainly, an, uh, certainly a world record holder. So Emma McKeon, though she knew she couldn't probably win at the end, she fought back and fought on valiantly, uh, recognising the fact that the bronze medallion at that grade is, is a wonderful achievement. And to beat Pellegrini home was also a wonderful achievement. And it also just uh, emphasised the pedigree of the girl. I mean, I think her dad swam at the Olympics and maybe her mum did as well. I'm yep. not quite sure. Yep. What about, did we leave a medal in the pool in the, uh, the men's 4x200 by, by not swimming um, Cameron McAvoy? Well, if you go on McAvoy's times, which he swims mid-140s, um, yes, they, they probably would have picked up a bronze medal. They were never going to beat the, the Americans, no. but um, they might have beaten England, but they certainly would have beaten Japan, I feel. Um, and that all came about by leaving McAvoy out, I think. Yeah. Well, Karen McAvoy has, of course, qualified. I think he's third fastest in the 200 metre free. Uh, Kyle uh, Chalmers, who is a good young yeah. kid, isn't he? He's a very good young he's kid. Only, I, I think he's only 18, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, and he was the second, fa second fastest qualifier today. 
So, so exactly, um, two and three we have there for the 200 metre uh, freestyle final. So there are some good yeah. things ahead, Rabs. Adrian, he he qualified fastest, didn't he, Nathan? He did indeed. He did. The indeed. American. He's the one that brought Magnuson undone in London. He, he's a he's a very good swimmer. I mean, if either of these boys from Australia. Uh, can beat him, they'll they'll know they've done their job. Well, the bizarre thing is he only had just made the semi-final. I think it was in lane one or lane eight. He nearly missed out on the the 16 for in the uh, semis, but having been there, he then qualifies fastest for the final. He is a very good swimmer. Uh, Ray Warren, uh, as ever, you're, you're across the swimming. We've got plenty to talk to. We'll get to Mel McLaughlin from Seven as well to see what else is going on in the world of Olympics. Uh, that's ahead. You're listening to the Rush Hour on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Sports Update. Let's start with some league news. Thanks to Brighton's lawyers, Representative back rower Aidan Guerra is fighting for his Sydney Roosters future after being dumped from the NRL side for Sunday's clash with North Queensland. Guerra played in all three State of Origin games for Queensland this year but has been well down on form for the Roosters and another below-par effort in the loss to Penrith on Monday has resulted in coach Trent Robinson swinging the axe. I may be overstating it. Raps are saying that uh, he's fighting for his future there. You'd think that he's, he's got enough runs on the board to, for not to be that scared, do you think? Oh, no, he's a he's a quality player and they all have their ups and their downs. At the moment, he's, he's just a bit off cue. He'll be back. There's no drama about that. What about Sam Perrett? He's announced he'll retire from the NRL at the end of the season. Uh, Bulldogs. Quality. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it, I, we, I'm saying here he's a winger, but he's played some great fullback, of course, when uh, Hopper Whitey was, uh, he wasn't playing on the Sundays. He st- stepped in. He scored 90 tries in 252 games, played 21 tests for New Zealand, was a member of the 2008 World Cup winning New Zealand squad. He is a good footy player. He certainly is, uh, Tony, and when you know you've got him either at fullback or out on the wing, it doesn't matter, he's one of the back three, you know that that, that area that he's covering is absolutely safe. I've, I've got nothing but praise for Sam Perrot. Yeah, well played, Sam Perrot. That league news thanks to Bryden's lawyers in, in an act of sheer stupidity. Dutch gymnast Yuri van Gelder has been sent home from Rio after drinking alcohol on a night out. Now, Van Gelder, having failed to qualify for the 2004, 2008 and 2012 Olympics, spent the night celebrating after winning through to the finals of the Rings event on Saturday. The Dutch team's ambassador has confirmed that the 33-year-old medal contender left the Olympic Village on Saturday night, returned the following morning, violating rules concerning alcohol consumption and leaving the team bus. He was put on a plane home on Monday. He finally gets there, Rabs, decides I'll celebrate yeah. a little bit earlier. Off he goes. Yeah. He sounds like he might have a problem with the drink. <laughs> a small problem. Uh, you've got to love the Dutch. French swimmer Camille Lacourt has waded into the Olympic doping controversy, casting doubt on new 200-metre freestyle champion Sun Yang. Lacourt, who finished uh, 0.27 of a second behind Australia's Mitch Larkin in the 100-metre backstroke final, has criticised the Chinese star. Lacourt told French radio station RMC Sport, and I'm quoting here after the race, Sun Yang, he pisses purple. Uh, I'm not not sure exactly what that means, but uh, certainly he's not... I don't... Well, it proves that he wasn't eating asparagus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. It's those fancy new beetroot. I saw some purple carrots the other day. I know. Aren't they good? Are they good? Wow. 
You mean cook yeah, something? Yeah, I have the, the other part of it. Though, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, come back on the next break and tell me how it works. All right. Uh, there you go. We have that sports update. Thanks to Magic Glass. It's the Rush Hour. Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M. The Rush Hour. Ray Warren and Tony Squires with you on this Wednesday. Rabs, I didn't get a chance last week when we were together on this show. We did talk. Uh, I think we spoke to Wayne Beavis about Jared Hayne and his return to the NRL. I haven't spoken to you since. Uh, it was for those who aren't blue and gold for those who aren't Parramatta fans if you're just an NRL fan watching Jared Hayne run out for the Titans and the way he approached his comeback game it was pretty special wasn't it oh it was I mean he went up there I think on the Tuesday and had to go and buy clothes to get him through um domestically anyway or mufti style clothes (laughs) to get him through until until game day uh so he didn't have the best of preparations apart from the pressure of uh, signing for them, doing press interviews and God knows what he didn't do. And then he presented himself on match day and really he was much better than I thought he could possibly be. It was just it was just fantastic. Um, I was at a club, at a birthday luncheon really, to tell you the truth, and everybody had an eye on, on Jared Hayne and some others had an eye on, on what was happening over in Rio. But Hayne was just commanding in his performance. It was just outstanding. And especially his first uh, involvement in the game after coming on our own, 27 minutes, and Bodine Thompson, not a small body, right on the line, that tackle stopping him dead was just enormous. Absolutely right. You know, I I never rose to any great heights as a player, but I I would imagine it's one of the toughest things you can be asked to do in in rugby league. You know, you're on your own line. You can't backpedal. It's no use backpedalling on your own line. So you've got to move forward, and Bodine Thompson's not a small bloke, as you said. He just wrapped him up, ball and all, and put him down a metre out. It was just unbelievable stuff. And in the air, he was wonderful. A little no-look pass. We'll we'll just gloss over the top of that, um, the intercept he provided. But, no, it was... It was just a wonderful occasion, not just for Jared Hayne. It was, I, I hope it was good for the Gold Coast. I mean, a few people have tried up there yep. to turn it into a sporting capital, uh, including Wally Lewis, Carmichael Hunt, Gary Ablett Jr. Yep. Can Jared Hayne do it? Yeah, that is the question. It's going, there was a good crowd there, and uh, I'm sure that will continue here. He plays at Leichhardt Oval, so there'll be more bums on seats there. That'll be terrific this weekend. And it seems he's picked in the number six, Rabs. That will be the next test, I guess, if he can actually go 80 minutes in his second game back. Yeah. I, I think that matches up at Campbelltown, isn't it? Ah, it's Campbelltown, is it? Okay. All right. Well, that's... Uh, I, I might be wrong. Yeah. I, I thought well, I was reading somewhere where he and Tedesco yes, were basically going right. home to play. You are absolutely um, right. He'll... He'll play 5-8 in that game. Tedesco will play fullback, obviously. So that, that match-up is not, going to, is not going to happen so much, but it'll be a chance to compare Jared Hayne and, and James Tedesco. Uh, that, that'll be a, a tremendous game, by the way, between those two sides at the weekend. All right, well, let's look at uh, tomorrow night then. It is the Doggies and Manly. I don't know if you've written, if you've scratched the uh, Manly out of the, your top eight. Well, I don't think they can make it. You know, I've got to be realistic. Um, But at the end of the day, mathematically, they can make it. Um, uh, The reason this match is so interesting is that Canterbury are going to play the Cowboys in round 25. Now, why did I say that? Because the Cowboys are two points, competition points, behind Canterbury. Now, that that is heading for a hell of a showdown at Belmore Sports Ground, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and n- neither of the sides can afford to, to lose a match that they think they're going to win or they've, or they've budgeted to win. 
And so Canterbury have got to be very careful because Manly is one of those sides, along with the Roosters, that can upset the party even though they can't be at the party. Um, and the, the differential points are very much slanted towards the Cowboys. So um, I'm, I'm anxiously looking at what Canterbury can do in this match tomorrow night, knowing full well that they will have their eye very much on staying in the top four and not letting the Cowboys back in. It's interesting. I remember I, I, it was pretty early in the season. I called it, it might have been on Saturday Triple M NRL, that uh, stopped the competition. It's a replay of last year's grand final. It's the Cowboys and the Broncos. It just seemed so set. They played a corker of a game earlier in the season. Uh, the top four seemed to be set in concrete fairly early with those teams. And then I thought perhaps probably Melbourne and, and the Sharks. But both those uh, Queensland sides have just struggled a little, particularly the Broncos. The Broncos got a win last week against the Dragons. They take on Parramatta. It's, again, a key for them to just make get confidence back, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, um, the Broncos, yeah, I said exactly the same thing, Tony, um, even though it's no consolation to either of us, I suppose. <laughs> but I thought, hello, well, we know who's going to play the grand final, yep. Cowboys and Brisbane, but... They've both fallen off the pace. Uh, and talking about a club that can upset the party, well, Parramatta can upset a party. There's no doubt about that. They've done just about everything else this year. Yes. So they could upset the, the Broncos at Suncorp. And I think from memory, their record at Suncorp is pretty good. So Brisbane have got to be careful. Uh, the Cowboys, they'll make the eight. There's no troubles there. But they'll, they'll be wanting to make the four. And Brisbane, of course, I think their chances of making the top four are gone. They certainly will be if they're beaten by Parramatta. Yeah, they're one of those teams, Parramatta. They've just given everything all year. And you imagine they just want to keep hurting teams. Even if they can't get in the eight, their job will be over the next few weeks just to do a bit of bruising to other teams, uh, you'd imagine. We've got a news update for you next. And then Mel McLaughlin will join us on the Rush Hour for Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. I'm loving, and I'm sure you are too, Roy and HG's Mardi Gras of medals. You've got to tune in uh, from noon to one. You'll hear God. Gold, 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 like this. The good news for sailors on the opening day of the Olympic regatta yesterday yep. was that uh, there was not a solitary sighting of a floating fridge, a dead animal or even a body part. Is that right? Well, that's a first, isn't it? Have they been cleaning it up? Because I noticed a few body parts in there. Of course, tell you what, it, it does. it is off-putting when you're out having a bit of an early morning swim and uh, you come across some body parts. Uh, I... I <laughs> I found myself with a thumb in my mouth. Mercifully, it was a thumb. I thought it was something else to begin with. <laughs> you would. Yes, you would. But, but it is off-putting, and you don't know whether you should report it to the police, whether it's evidence. You just don't know. I, I tend to, you know, I just spat it out and swam on. Have you had much dealing with the police here? No, not no, at all. No. No. Oh, well, I've been frisked a couple of times. Yes. And you've been drug tested. I've been drug tested eight times, HG, yeah. and by the head of you, it's, it's thorough. They test everything. They even tested my stool. I think, oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> local <Sure>. conditions. <laughs> you know, local... You get used to it after a while, you know. Uh, it's a common thing, uh, you know, wandering around Rio. You see so many blokes bent over with cops near them. The Triple M Rush Hour. It's the Rush Hour and Triple M. Tony Squires and uh, Ray Warren with you on this Wednesday. Time for this. On the Triple M Rush Hour. This is a Rio update. It's the giant statue of Christ on Corcovado. Wow. It's like he's on the dashboard of the entire country. <laughs> Love it. And what a great pleasure it is to hear the voice and speak to the wonderful uh, Channel 7 uh, host from the Olympics, Mel McLaughlin. Mel, g'day. 
Hello, Tony. Great to be here once again. Yeah, what the... Be delirious? I bet you are. And then you've got to be on your pins. You've got to be standing up. They couldn't even give you a desk and a chair. I know that's so rude, but at least it's not much. You know, you've got the heels on set and then don't tell anyone, but maybe the Ugg boots or the sneakers. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, we, we've officially named it uh, Michael Phelps Day at the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're moving forward and we'll look to what's going on overnight uh, in your shift on, on seven. Uh, but it has been a pretty extraordinary day. Um, gold medals 20 and 21 for the big fella. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people are still saying, or some people are saying, arguably the greatest Olympian. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, I think you'll agree he is. There's no argument about it. It's just, you know, from a purely sports perspective, you just have to look back, put your hand up and just admire um, what an incredible athlete and what he's achieved coming back from, oh, I'm retiring. No, I'm not going to come back and just dominate again. And uh, seems like a good guy, beautiful pictures with his family. Doesn't get any better, does it? No, it's extraordinary. Before we get into what's going on uh, overnight, uh, I remember doing the Athens Olympics uh, uh, for from Melbourne. Uh, you're, of course, doing the Rio Olympics from Sydney. Is it you've done things, events while you're there? A bit different being in a different city, a different country? As in being here? Yes. Being, like being in Sydney? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, look, it's an interesting one. To, but to be honest, um, yeah, as you say, you've done the same thing. I've spent a month in Brazil for the World Cup, a month in, in Russia for the Sochi, the Winter Olympics, Glasgow uh, for the Commonwealth Games in 2014. And obviously it's different, but the thing is, you're still in it, from a hosting perspective. You obviously, you, you know, you want to be in the country, but you're still in a studio. You still need to be across everything. And and the difference is, I say, we're in a studio that's a spectacular studio that's got all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, it's quite amazing the sort of um, technology that's been brought in for this particular event. Um, and the difference would be, I'd be sitting uh, on Copacabana Beach or Olympic Stadium, you know, mm. um, Olympic Park with the stadium behind me. As much as I'd love to be, you know, on Copacabana Beach, the difference is we've just got this. Amazing amazing technology at, at our sort of fingertips, which has been, you know, a lot of fun and quite incredible, I think. Mm, Copacabana. Uh, right, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> what, what have we got to look forward to overnight? There's a few things. There's a bit of pressure on the, uh, the, the Australians in the seven rugby. They play South Africa. Uh, they had that shock and loss earlier, so they've got picked back up a, a win against Spain, but a really important game, that one. Yeah, indeed. Um, and, and the thing is, that, that was over at Deodora Stadium. It was an interesting one. And, like, you know, they've got a lot to live up to, don't they, with what the women achieved. Yes. Everything went to plan. They were just amazing. Um, but there were some upsets yesterday in general. Japan beat New Zealand, for yeah. example. So it was a funny day. It was a strange one. Um, but, yeah, you know how fast this tournament is. And, it, you know, it goes over three days and it's done. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a massive occasion. We know, you know, South Africa South Africa in rugby, aren't they? So, um yeah, it's, it's going to be a big one. What about, uh, are there like three foot waves in the rowing course? Uh, have you <laughs> managed to have a look, <laughs> yeah. see what's going on out there? Yeah, well, um, well, we've got our women's eight in the repercharge. Uh, we know they're, f you know, fantastic story of how they, um, you know, turned up sort of at the last minute, yeah. didn't they? Um, so they've got a chance. Um, but in the men's quadruple skulls, we've got the final for that with our, our guys in action there and also some semi-final action. It's been really interesting with that. And Drew Ginn and Brenton Speed have been thoroughly entertaining, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. That's women. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, they're told that they're not in the Olympics. So obviously they had to go and drag them out of a bar where they're draining their sorrows. Oh, it's straight, a funny story. Straight into yeah. a boat. I mean, rather than erg, 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 it's all glug, glug, glug. That would have been no, but how Aussie is that? Yeah. When did you get the phone call? Eyes darting, ah, uh, the yeah. pub. And then she's giggled. Like, yeah. Fair enough. I'm not going to Rio, so I'm going to get a drink. Fair it's enough. So good. And look, the other <laughs> thing I'm really looking forward to, and it's early tomorrow morning, is that the Boomers is a great start, uh, beating France, then Serbia, and they take on the Dream Team. 
the dream team. Well, it's funny. We're saying the dream team, but there's controversy. Can you call them the dream <sighs> team? You know, Pure is saying, oh, that was 1992. But yeah. we know they are the dream team, whichever way you look at it. Been so dominant. Um, but the Boomers, we've got a fantastic team. We've got big names left, right and centre. Uh, they're all really likeable. They're champions. Um, they're, they're doing the job. Della Vadova, Patty Mills, you know, all, all, over, all across the court. Yep. We do have superstars. Um, and we've, as you said, we've had our best start ever. So there's no reason not to be excited. It's going to be an amazing matchup. And a lot of these guys are, are teammates um, facing up against each other. So I cannot wait. You're right. It'll be great. Uh, can't wait to see what uh, you have in store for us overnight. Mel McLaughlin, thank you so much for having a chat. Thank you. Yes. Talk soon. There she is, Mel McLaughlin. You can see her on Channel 7's coverage of the Rio Olympics. This is the Rush Hour. You're listening to Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Sports Update. Well, it's happened. Filipino boxing legend Manny Pacquiao has confirmed he will come out of retirement to fight WBO welterweight champion Jesse Vargas on November 5 in Vegas. Uh, he's also a Philippine senator, of course, Pacquiao. He said in a statement uh, that he will be conducting his entire training camp in his home country so he can attend to his legislative work, then go and beat people's heads up later on uh, in the same area. Well, well done, Manny. Uh, a, uh, we talked about the Rio, the Sevens in rugby. Bad news for New Zealand, suffering that loss 14-12 to Japan in their opening game. Sonny Bill Williams suffered a tournament-ending Achilles rupture. He's going to be out of uh, rugby for six to nine months. Not good news. Benji Marshall has moved swiftly to set the record straight on that alleged blow-up with St George Illawarra coach Paul McGregor. Channel 7 reported Marshall and McGregor had an altercation which started during a team video session following Thursday's loss to Brisbane. Here is his response on Fox's NRL 360 last night. This has got way more airtime than it even deserved. I mean, there wasn't a blow-up. So what happens in the video sessions is we go through the video and talk about what went wrong on the field, and we did that. And so we had a healthy debate about what I was trying to achieve with some of the plays and stuff, and... Um, and Mary just pretty much said, well, you should have just stayed over there. And I said, yeah, I should have. And the reason I went to his office was because I was worried about maybe having to play reserve grade to talk about the reserve grade conversation and where he reassured me that he wasn't going to do that to me. Uh, there's Benji last night. Uh, every time we talk NRL, of course, we do it for Totally Workwear. They don't just do workwear. They also have a great range of hospitality gear. Find your local store at totallyworkwear.com.au. Uh, he's, I'm not sure that he's going to be there next year, Rabs. Benji? Uh, I- but I hope he, you know, if he wants to play on, I hope we can find a job for him uh, uh, playing football, obviously. I, yeah. I just love watching Benji Marshall play. And yeah, I know no, he no. had a shocker the other night, you know. I, I absolutely agree. Sadly, uh, that is where we have to leave you. That update was, of course, for Magic Glass. Ray Warren, always great to talk to you. Thank you for your company. We'll catch up again very soon. The Rubber Room is next. The Triple M Rush Hour.